1: And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.
0: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
1: In the huddle, Brian Baldinger, Carl Dukes with you. We're looking ahead to this weekend's games. There are very important games on the schedule as we are at the halfway point, guys, we know a lot about these teams as we said to start. All right. I love Kirk Cousins and the bling on the plane and the fun he's having. And I'm like, yeah, this is great. But I don't believe in the Vikings. I'm not quite sure that they're as good as this record says. Now, I know Parcel said it. You know what your record is. They're 7-1. and one. They're going to Buffalo to take on the Bills who are 6-2. and two. Buffalo lost to the Jets last week, Baldy, and I'm going, wait a minute, what just happened? And now they're telling me, right, sources are saying that this arm thing for Josh Allen may be an issue. All eyes are going to be on Josh Allen and the the Bills this weekend because the Vikings come in here and if they beat the Bills, I got to say at that point, I'm a believer and Kirk Cousins, he can do all the dances and the chains he wants. Where are you at on this?
2: Well, I was with uh, one of the running backs last week, Alexander Madison. And they they call Kirk Cousins with all that blame Purple Eight like that's a Friday <laughs> name Purple Eight. No, okay. so that's good. But I tell you what though, like I'm like Viking fans hate me because I said something Week One. You know, like did anybody think the Vikings can compete with the Packers? And look, I'm guilty. I I made the statement, but I didn't think the Packers were going to be where they are. And you know, the Vikings got trounced by the Eagles in Monday Night Football. And I just were like you, I wasn't. Ready to bleed, but I tell you, this trade for T.J. Hawkinson, mm. like it's amazing, yeah, what he did last week, Carl. Like he got traded on Tuesday, he starts on Sunday, and leads the team with nine catches. the The, the Washington Commanders are double teaming him, you know. That he's winning all of his option routes. There's immediate timing with him and Kirk Cousins. Like he's he leaves all tight ends with yards per catch, like over 15 yards a catch. Like, he can run. He runs great routes. He's a good enough blocker. Like, the Vikings got better with him. And now if you add Justin Jefferson and Thielen and Osborne and Dalvin, and like, in, in a solid offense line, not great, but very solid, you go, can Cousins – he can't screw this up, can he? You know, so, like, you you know, look, you, quarterbacks have to do it in the postseason for any of us to believe in them. Sure. Completely. He's you got know, one postseason that, win, right? One post, one postseason win, and you yeah. say same same thing about Dak. One postseason win, like guys have to do it in the postseason. We didn't believe in Peyton Manning, you know, when he couldn't do it early in his career in the postseason, and then you know we put him in the Hall of Fame, rightfully so. They, they got to earn that. They got to do it. They got to they got to make these throws and these playoff games to win games, the way we see Mahomes do year in year out right now, and that's that's just the standard. It's just what it is. So. I think they're going to win a lot of games. I think they're well coached. They they look like they're in situational football. They're really good. They make good decisions. Good, good plays. So, this is a big test. And look, if Josh Allen is, you know, can't be Josh Allen, then you know the Buffalo. You know, they Buffalo may lose, and you go now. Do you still believe in Minnesota? Like you know, you still might have question marks about him <laughs> if Josh Allen can't be himself.
1: Yeah, I – and and I don't know, Baldy, the thing for me, you know, Adatho Mensah, who came in, the general manager there, in the Mm offseason, okay, guys, taking you back, he made a comment that he felt like was taken out of context when he basically said, hey, the one spot, you know, that you got to be great at is quarterback, and we don't have Tom Brady, and we don't have Patrick Mahomes. He said that. And then people went, whoa, what are you saying? You know, it was a shot at Kirk Cousins. And then he came back and said, well, I was talking about the context of team building and trying to put that in the right context of saying, this is the position you absolutely have to get right. But a lot of Viking fans took that as like, does the GM not even believe in, in Kirk Cousins? So now here Kirk Cousins is, minding his own business, balling out, seven and one. I can't wait to this game because I really want to see if they come out and play really well. But you're right. Look at the weapons. This is his, his, he, They're loaded. This is the most stuff he's had around him since mm-hmm. he's been there. All right. You're going to be at the Texans-Giants game. Giants coming off by six and two. We've talked about the job that Brian Dable's done, which is amazing. And and Mm -hmm. again, Jets, Giants, for me, Seattle, surprise teams of the year. We'll see where it goes. How many yards is Saquon going to have, though, in this game against the Texans who come in one and six? And right now they're they're flawed. This is a flawed team. We know they're probably going to have the first overall pick, but Lovey will have his guys and they'll show up. How many yards does Saquon have in this game?
2: He could have, you know, he could have 150 yards in this game. Mm. The one thing, you know, even if you go back to his, you know, first year when he had 2,000 yards, led the league in yards from scrimmage, a lot of those yards were just after contact. More yards after contact than yards. Like, now it's not like that. Like, they're opening up holes for him. The, the offense line is solid. Glowinski, Feliciano, Neil, Andrew Thomas is really good at left tackle. Like, they can run the ball. They do it in a variety of ways, you know. You got to defend the quarterback, and you got to get your run fits for read option, all that kind of stuff. But I mean, that, this could be a big spot for Saquon, and I expect because they really, you could say, okay, what I'm sure like all these teams, you know, bye week, right? You know, they 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 self scout themselves. What can we do better? What do we have to do different? Like, are they going to overplay bootlegs, things that we've had success with? So you got to kind of like stay ahead of it. And what else can we do? We might see a few new wrinkles this week um, as the Giants get ready for the second half and try to make a push to the playoffs. But, you know, this whole thing is built around Saquon. So, you know, he could catch a lot of passes here. You know, you line him up against uh, outside on Stingley or, you know, Jalen Petrie and the rookies out there for Houston and see if he can shake loose. Like, I expect that he's going to get 25 touches in this game. Like, it's going to go through him. Baldy, tell me about the Texans running backs because I watched
1: them last week uh, in a game against the Eagles, which Mm -hmm. they were competitive. I mean, this game, you know, the the Eagles took it over in the second half. Hurts was great. But I was impressed with the running backs for the Texans. And are they on to something here? Is this a building block for them?
2: Well, I mean, Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce, I mean, they're candidates. I mean, 1A and 1B for the offensive rookie of the year. Uh, Pierce is – he was seldom used at Florida – Never could get 10 carries in a game. The guy runs through contact. Contact balance, vision. Like, a lot of guys are good contact runners. They have no vision. They just run into people, you know? (laughs) Like, this guy's got vision. His cutting ability is dynamic. Like, he's good. You put Laramie Tunsil and Kenyon Green and some of these guys out there, like, they're pretty good at it. And so, um, you can't sleep on the Texans. Like, the Giants have struggled to stop good running backs this year. So, the Eagles really struggled without Jordan Davis against him mm. in the middle. Like it was a real weakness. I mean, Pierce had a great game. Um, and they were into it into the fourth quarter. So uh, I, I expect a lot of Damian Pierce. He is a dynamic player. The offensive line is pretty good for him. They they do some things well offensively. Uh, Davis Mills can, can make the throws um, that you want a quarterback to make. He's not a dynamic guy. He's not going to run around and, do all that kind of stuff, but he, he, he knows where to go with the ball. Are they going to be in the quarterback business in the, in the spring? I got to believe that, well, we'll see if they keep Lovey, but guys, I believe if, if if Lovey is just a, a placeholder this year, and I don't know if it or isn't, I don't know enough about the organization right now, but I, I just think these teams like just look what Buffalo did. You, you get your general manager, you get your coach, you get your quarterback and you build it all together. Robert Sala, Joe Douglas, you know, Zach Wilson. I mean, just get your your general manager, your coach, and your quarterback, get them all together, get your plan together, never stop building around the guy. And I, I got to believe, like, that might with, – with pretty good quarterbacks coming out uh, of college this year, I got to believe that that is going to be a real thought.
1: Baldy, I didn't have this down. I, I just want to pick your brain on this real quick, and then I got to ask you about the question of the week in regards to the Colts. Yeah. Brian Baldinger, Carl Dukes in the huddle. Subscribe, guys. Like the, like the uh, podcast. And make sure you tell your friends about it. Tuesdays, Thursdays, we put new ones out. We're looking ahead to the week. You mentioned Andrew Thomas for the Giants, mm-hmm. University of Georgia. Jamari Sawyer plays for the Chargers. He's having an unbelievable That's year good. as a rookie. And it just made me think, because the college Ball playoff rankings just came out, yeah. Georgia's number one in the country. Yeah. Yeah. And Kirby's, you know, he's he's just – dishing these guys out into the NFL, but these two guys, you just talked about the run game for the Giants and what Sawyer has meant for the Chargers in a protection standpoint. I don't think the kid's giving up a sack. So what do you see with these guys up front? You know, when you watch these old linemen and coming into the league to be this good, this young is very
2: hard. Especially, I mean, Jamal Sawyer was a uh, six round pick, you know, now he was left tackle in Georgia's national championship team. Um, but, you know, you're, First of all, I would just love to go to Kirby Smart practice and just Mm. see the level of talent. You know, you're going to see, you know, Carter coming out this year. I mean, they're just loaded again. But, um, you know, it just took Tennessee apart. But just imagine in practice you're going against these pass, Jermaine Johnson, you know, Kenyon, you know, Trayvon Walker. Like that's your practice every day if you're a tackle Georgia. And then you're going up in the SEC and you're going up against these pass rushers, you know, Sam Williams, what they got at. Alabama every week like you're going to get tested I mean it's 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 an NFL boot camp for these guys and so they come in the game isn't too big for any of these kids Sawyer can stand on his feet people thought he was going to be a guard not a tackle but Rashawn Slater went down week one so he stepped right in and he's been like you didn't hear his name that's always the best sign you go through a game last week against Atlanta you didn't hear Jamal Sawyer's name one time you watch Andrew Thomas struggle a little bit as a rookie but he's just a lockdown, solid, like that's exactly what you want at left tackle, what he is right now. You don't have to worry about him. Give him give him the league's best, give him Nick Bose, give him anybody. Like he's he's up to the task. Quick story about Kirby, and then we'll we'll finish up here.
1: When he took the job, and you know, he comes over from Alabama, he's still the coordinator, obviously, and stayed through. And he's he takes the job. And we have our first conversation, and I said, you know, well. Uh, What do you got to do? You know, I mean, here's Mark Richt. You know, he's got all these guys. He's always, Georgia's always had talent. And Kirby literally says, this is like 2014. He's like, we got to get bigger up front. We got to put guys in the league up front. That has stayed with me. Yeah. And now you look at where Georgia is, and they're putting tons of guys, defensive linemen, offensive linemen, in the league. Baldy, it still starts up front. I don't care if it's college football or if it's the NFL. And that statement, his first thought wasn't about, you know, anything, but we've got
2: to get bigger and more physical up front. Let me, uh, you know, so I was texting a general manager in the league at 5.30 on Monday morning. I'm not going to mention his name. They won the game, and this is what the general manager said to, exactly to your point, Carl. He said, I've never been more all in on anything in my life than to continue to prioritize the offensive and defensive line. We won the line of scrimmage yesterday, both sides. Our offensive drive uh, on our final drive was paradise. Like that's mm. how you have to think. What Kirby said, what that general manager sent me in a text, is exactly how you win games in his business.
1: All right, Brian. Uh, let's talk about this, this mess. And I'm talking about the Colts. Where they've been over the last few weeks, you know, you bench Matt Ryan, uh, whether that is, you know, legitimate or not, however you want to look at that injury, this was the guy that was supposed to give you a chance. Uh, they've made questionable trades at the deadline. Um, you fire your OC and now you fired your head coach and Frank Wright. And then you bring in Baldy. Jeff Saturday? I mean, I love Jeff Saturday, but Jeff Saturday was coaching in Georgia just a few weeks ago uh, for, for Catholic high school. And you're telling me Jeff Saturday is going to come in and and somehow revitalize this season for the Colts? To me, this is throwing up the white flag. And I hate it for Colts fans and I hate it for guys in that locker room because a lot of people thought, including me, this was going to be a playoff team when the season started. What the hell is Jim Ursay doing?
2: I'm just thinking from a player standpoint that if you're DeForest Buckner, if you're Shaq Leonard, uh, if you're, you know, uh, Quentin Nelson, and Jeff Saturday stands up in front of the room. Why would I, who's been to the playoffs, been to the Pro Bowls, been All Pro like Shaq Leonard, why would I listen to Jeff Saturday? Like, what is he going to say that's going to make me believe in his vision? He doesn't know anything about my team. Like, you just like no no offense to Jeff, you know Jeff no, Saturday, great guy. No, nothing to do with that. But like, if you're a player and you're standing up there and you're getting ready to go to war against you know the Raiders this weekend. Like, why am I listening to Jeff Saturday? Now, the one thing, the only thing I'll say is the Colts offensive line is an absolute mess. Mm. It was last weekend's Patriots nine sacks, 13 quarterback hits. Like, if Jeff Saturday can help in some way improve the offensive line and how they play together, that might give Sam Ellinger, whoever's going to play quarterback, like how you just skipped you know, over a Super Bowl MVP quarterback from Matt Ryan to Sam Ellinger uh, two weeks ago. I'll never understand that move. But I just feel like this is the strangest, most desperate move that I've ever seen a general manager make. And I know Jimmy Ursy; I played for the Colts. I played for his dad. I've known Jimmy since I went to the Colts in 1988. And this is so far out of left field with John Fox on the roster or Bubba yes. Trone or – you know, you know, you know, uh, Gus Bradley yeah. guys that have won a lot of games in this league um, to over to skip over all those guys. Cause I, I, I played for the Colts when they fired our head coach, Ron Meyer and they elevated our defensive coordinator, Rick Venturi to the natural step, elevate the next guy that at least knows the organization might have a new idea about how to change things, whatever. Um, I, I feel like the white flag has been raised. And so I, I I think it's going to be a long, hard day for these Colts right now. Like, this was a very competitive team through most of last season and the season before, a top-10 defense. Like, if this falls apart now, it's not going to surprise me. I don't know – like, I put myself in Jeff's shoes the other day when the announcement came. Because we're kind of like the same, play in the league, do this analysis stuff, blah, blah, blah you know, watch all these games. And I, I, I said, first of all, why would I take the job? Why would you I, take I, the job? Why would I take it? Why would I put myself in that position like that? And then I said, All right, if I did take the job, how do I even begin to put this thing together, Carl? I, I think it's 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 be daunting a long season.
1: Yeah, it, it is. Baldy, I, I totally agree with you. And here's the other part. I said, listen, when somebody comes to you, that's another general manager, by the way. When somebody comes to you <laughs> and they say, Here's a here's a lot of money. And he's your friend. I mean, Jim Marseille yeah. and Jeff are friends. Here's a lot of money. Take this thing over. Okay, I get it. But can I really go there and have a difference? Can I make a difference? Can I win? Can I, you know, because there's, listen, we're all competitive dudes. We, there's nothing I do that I don't want to try to win at. Okay,
2: so. Look, Carl, I, I, you give me all the leadership skills just yeah. Saturday. This is about winning football games. Yes. I can't even imagine all the things that would be running through his mind game day against the Raiders this Sunday. I, like, we're all, we're all going to be watching to timeouts, challenges, you know, punt team, fourth down. What do we, like, all the decisions a coach got to make. I want to see, like, somebody who's never done it do it in real time on a Sunday. Like, that's going to be a challenge.
1: Well, here's the funny part, and we'll see. And, and, and we got to get out of here, guys, because we've got more football to watch. Baldy's got more work to do. Yeah. He's going to be at the Texans-Giants game. But here's the funny part. We all think we can come off the couch and coach yeah. these teams. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Jeff Saturday is coming off the couch, and he's coaching on on Sunday. We'll get a chance to see what happens. Yeah. Baldy man, enjoy it as always. Great, great job. job. Have a great call this weekend, Texans Giants, and uh, we'll talk to you next week, brother.
2: Okay, thanks, Carl. Appreciate it. Absolutely.
1: You. Hey Very guys, good. thank you. Yeah, like the podcast, and make sure you subscribe. We'll talk to you guys soon. Take care.